the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Gopika Spanley. Gopika is the Managing Director for the Professional Degree Programs for the Career Center here at the Darden School of Business. And she and I recently connected via Zoom uh, to talk more about her role, uh, what brought her to Darden, what she loves about working with working professional students, as well as resources for part-time MBA, and executive MBA students. If you're curious to learn more about the career story for our part-time MBA program, as well as our executive MBA program, this episode is essential listening. So without further ado, here is my interview with Gopika Spanley. Gopika, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here today. All right. It's unusual. We're both sitting here at Sands Family Grounds in Roslyn, but the way we record these these days, we're in different rooms. Um, so it's nice to nice to see you here and uh, great to catch up with you. I've been looking forward to this podcast. Uh, maybe wait, it's taken, it's taken a little while to get you here, but I'm so excited for our listeners to hear from you about your role here at the Darden School, what led you here, what you're excited about in terms of working with our, with our part-time MBA and executive MBA students in particular. Um, but before we get there, I want to ask, how are you doing? How is everything? Everything is going well. It has um, been a terrific experience to sort of immerse myself in the world of Darden over the last few months. Um, and I feel like, frankly, I'm, I'm in student mode. I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm absorbing a lot. Um, but that's, that, that brings um, a, lot of, a lot of joy and fulfillment. And it's fun to be in that position where you feel like you're, you're kind of drinking from the fire hose. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it's been lots of meetings, lots of just asking questions, hearing directly from students and all the different stakeholders at the Darden School of Business. I'm sure alumni have been part of that too. Um, it's got to be a lot of, lot of fun to come into a, a new organization and just ask questions for, for a few months. That's right. That's right. And I have to say, everyone has been so so welcoming and so helpful in terms of sharing their experiences and their feedback and, um, and you know, supporting me uh, as well. So that's been a terrific part of the experience today. Yeah. One of the things I think is true about the Career Center for in how our executive MBA students and our incoming part-time MBA students will experience the Career Center, I feel like the resources available to our working professional students has have really grown and expanded over my time here. I've, I've been with the Darden School uh, for over seven years now. And the career resources when I got here to the career resources where they are now, um, it's it's been a period of growth, increased support, more programming, um, more just more for students to draw upon as they engage with this important question. You know, what do you want to do uh, post post MBA? Um, that's I mean, to me, that's been really exciting to see. That's right, Brett. And we may get into that a little bit later during our conversation. But, um, you know, I have felt so fortunate to be joining a team where there's already been a lot of investment of both resources and time and expertise in creating really an impressive portfolio of career uh, training, workshops, coaching opportunities. Um, I hope we'll get a chance to talk later about one of our electives that's currently being offered for executive MBAs, um, which is which is really a novelty for for from what I understand of, of all executive MBA education. So, uh, in the careers realm, at least. So there's a lot going on, um, and I think a lot for for students to benefit from, and um, we're excited about that. 
you know, the, the, the increase in career resources has also been parallel with the growth of our program. Mm -hmm. So you know, we, when I first got here, February, 2015, there were about 90 to 95 executive MBA and global executive MBA students enrolled at that time. They were very separate programs and they're all in Charlottesville. And fast forward to here, we're recording this in May of 2022. We have about 270 executive MBA students, both classes combined. Uh, we also have MSBA students that learn out of Sands Family Grounds. Uh, the part-time MBA is coming along and you know, we're going to have the inaugural cohort of the part-time MBA program start this August. That's going to be around 65 students. And so there's about 400 or so students that will be learning out of Sands Family Grounds here in Roslyn come August of 2022, September of 2022. If you go back to, oh gosh, February of 2015, there were zero students in the Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. area. Um, and, and about, as mentioned, about 90 students across two, two executive MBA formats at that time. And so this period of growth has also uh, resulted in expansion of electives and career resources and all kinds of opportunities for working professional students. It's been great in the space that we're sitting in. Um, it's opened in March of 20, 2018, so still relatively new. But uh, this is actually our five-ish year anniversary here in the D.C. area. So lots of lots of things happening. Absolutely. Yeah, the footprint is impressive and it is growing, as you say. Um, and for those of you who haven't had a chance yet to be in the Sands Family Center, I have to say from someone who's new to, to the office and the space, um, uh, it has been a tremendous um, uh, place to, to be. It's, it's super modern, bright, light, and just has all the uh, capabilities that uh, any campus or, or business school would have. All right. Well, let's talk about you and talk a little bit more about about your story. So, Gopika, tell us who are you and what's your background? Yes. Um, so I'm originally from the D.C. area. I'm a local. I uh, grew up in Maryland. Um, and my background is really spanned across two industries, uh, really across my professional experience. One has been in higher education and the other one has been in healthcare. So I actually started my experience uh, initially working the healthcare industry. Um, pursued an MBA, uh, worked for a large pharmaceutical company in a, a leadership development program, always in sort of a marketing and commercial uh, role. And there was a certain point in my career where I realized that, you know, I, uh, I had a stronger calling to, 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 to really work in the higher education space. And um, I felt very passionate about the role that education had played in transforming my own professional experience. And I, I knew that was you know, critical for so many others. And so I actually started working for um, a large business school uh, that was globally based. Um, and at that time I was in Singapore um, and spent several years there working in a variety of marketing and missions and financial aid roles. And then um, came back to the US um, and worked also in the higher education, um, but more for research technology and consulting firm, again, in an account management and marketing role. Um, and then actually joined a, a business school in the DC area, uh, working directly with students in a careers capacity. And what I, what I discovered from that experience was my really passion for helping students and specifically business school students identify you know what drives them what inspires them where they're passionate and helping them then really uh, develop a path towards achieving that goal 
And so I worked as a director um, and uh, as a career advisor and also working with employers uh, in the DC area and beyond. And um, from that experience realized that, you know, careers and career services was, was a real passion of mine and I wanted to continue in that vein. And that ultimately brought me to Darden. Well, um, what was it like living in Singapore? Um, that sounds like an incredible experience. Of course, I think feel like most people got an impression of Singapore based on that movie, Crazy Rich Asians, <laughs> and maybe the uh, the hotel with that incredible yes. rooftop pool. But that's it's probably not the day to day experience of most Singaporeans. That's correct. That's correct. I think a little bit of an exaggeration, although there is that side, certainly. Um, it was a wonderful time to be in Asia, and I, I really valued and appreciated um, that opportunity. Um, you know, the, the city itself uh, was seeing huge growth uh, at the time I lived there, um, and both from an entrepreneurial sense, so a lot of actually tech companies starting to be based there, um, but also large multinationals as well. And I think what I really valued, though, from the experience was the diversity of cultures that existed in Singapore. Um, you know, Malay culture, Chinese culture, uh, Indian, um, all over from the Southeast Asian region, and then expats as well. So it was this really great ecosystem of, you know, incredible internationalism. And, and that's been part of my own personal experience. And I deeply value the international opportunities I've had. So um, it, it, was a, it was a wonderful time. Well, what attracted you to, to Darden? It sounds like you really kind of hit your stride in terms of working with students and being part of this career journey for them that you derive a lot of passion for that. What was exciting to you about the, the opportunity here at Darden? I think there are a couple things, uh, Brett. The first I would say is, you know, the reputation that Darden has, um, you know, obviously in this region, but indeed internationally is, is, is really um, incredible. And, uh, I particularly value the emphasis that Darden has always placed both on the academics and you know, strong faculty, which it's you know, uh, certainly well known for, but also its reputation for student services in general. And it has an excellent reputation for the career services in, in particular. And that was very appealing to me. And that was very important to be joining um, a business school and a team that I knew was a high performing one. Um, I think the second thing, and we started touching upon this, but was the opportunity to really help develop the footprint um, in the DC area. Such an exciting time to be part of the program, to see the growth we talked about before, to be part of the launch of the part-time MBA program and continue to grow the executive MBA program and the MSBA. So, um, you know, all of that together seemed just like a, a really ripe opportunity for me uh, professionally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be exciting from a career standpoint because, you know, we, we have what we've been doing with executive MBA students, but it feels like there's been constant evolution and iteration. Every class has its own interest and in things that it would like to see more of. Um, every class is also a bit different in terms of personality and, and how that intersects with career resources and career services and just what you're making available uh, to those classes and how they want to be supported. And of course, the introduction of the part-time MBA cohort, which, you know, from an admission standpoint, it's been so exciting to get to know these students. You know, we started uh, with the program announcement back in June, and we began really recruiting in earnest during the summer, first application deadline in October. And it's been so much fun to see the cohort come together and see the students we've recruited and where they are in their career journey. 
And they'll have quite a bit of time to explore uh, this question of, of what they'd like to do and where they'd like to go. Uh, for executive MBA students, a lot of that exploration happens certainly prior to the start of mm-hmm. school, but also during the 21 months of the program, part-time MBA programs a little bit slower in design, um, intentionally so, but with some some flexibility too in terms of how fast or how slowly students want to complete the program. So it must be interesting to think about these two programs and mm-hmm. how these populations may be similar and how they may be different too. That's right. That's right. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, which is, um, you know, both groups of students um, are indeed going to be diverse in terms of students' uh, career journeys, what they're looking to get out of the program, both from an academic, but also certainly professional and career standpoint. Um, you know, what their expectations are. Are they looking to, to actually switch uh, companies or jobs or industries across their time, or are they actually looking to build up their own business and, and develop their own venture? So everyone comes to us with a little bit of a different story um, and different goals. And, and our job in the careers team is to both um, provide a platform to support that exploration and to help students think through what their ultimate goal is. And then, you know, once they've decided on that, how do we ensure that they're they're ready to go and feel confident and prepared to take that next step. Um, so that's that's you know our, our responsibility. Um, and you know I, to your point before, I, I think that exploration is extremely important. I think um, you know the part-time MBAs are going to really have a year. Um, I would say arguably their, their first year where we're really going to encourage them to to sift through uh, the different possibilities that they have in front of them to think about themselves in terms of their motivation, strengths, passions, you know, what's driving them. Um, and that's going to really help inform their career plans. And I would argue their kind of path across their time and duration at Darden. Um, and then, of course, in the second year, you know, we're going to be there to, to start helping to refine that plan and think through what are the next steps here? You know, you decided you want to start a new company, for example. How can we help support you in that in that path? Um, and there will be some who, you know, obviously want to, to think about recruitment and and meeting up with employers, and 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 that will probably be an important piece of the second and third and beyond year um, of, of a part-time MBA's um, journey. Well, what do you enjoy working with working professional students? You know, it's a you know the full-time residential students in Charlottesville. Um, you know, I think people probably when they come into this process, it seems like most of our prospective students seem to know a lot about that recruitment journey for students. And they're still trying to figure out what resources are available for part time or executive MBA students. And so I, I'm curious, I, I want to kind of stick with this thread for a little while about support and resources and career aspirations. Before we do that, um, I want to talk a little bit more about what you enjoy about working with working professional students. Yeah, well, first I would just say I have huge admiration for this group of students. Um, I mean, to balance professional and personal lives as well as this huge, you know, significant academic undertaking. Um, kudos <laughs> to them. I mean, it is it is very impressive. And so I just appreciate that. Um, I also really respect the fact that they are very intentionally taking this time for themselves and, um, you know, investing in, 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 in their personal and professional development. And I find that really exciting and exciting to be part of that. Um, I also think, you know, and we sort of touched upon this earlier, but it is such an interesting, diverse population. You know, they're all students are all coming to us at 
different points in their professional lives. And so I think it's fun to work with such a, um, a diverse and mixed group of students, you know, and, and to think about ways to support them in different parts of their journey. So, um, so for all those reasons, I'm, I'm thrilled to be part of the professional degree programs team. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, we talk with students about these kind of categories of aspiration, right? Climber, switcher, entrepreneur, explorer. But I also feel like so much of the career model at Darden starts with the individual um, mm -hmm. and really kind of meeting with each person, figuring out where they are, where they'd like to go and developing almost a bespoke plan for, mm -hmm. for that person. That's right. That's right. And that's part of obviously what we do as part of the careers team um, for the executive MBA. You know, we, we hope it starts in the summer, typically with those outreaches and those individual conversations for the part time MBA program, uh, typically more in the fall. Um, but those one on one conversations are really important to start developing that relationship. Um, and it will change, by the way. I mean, a lot of what probably students come in and, and our professional degree students think about initially is their expectation of what they have hoped to achieve professionally across the program will, will likely iterate and, and, and develop and change across their two or three year plus journey. Um, and, and, and that's fine. And that's understandable. But yes, I think it is anchored in strong relationships with our coaches, of which we have dedicated coaches for the professional degree program. All right. Well, let's kind of work a little slowly through some of the resources that are available to students, because I think this is also important, right? That some of these things are extracurricular, self-paced. Some of these things here, interestingly enough, are curricular and actually baked into the flow mm -hmm. of the executive MBA and part-time program. I want to start off by talking about CDY finding or what students call CDY, an online series of self-paced modules that typically opened in the summer uh, prior to the start of school. Um, can you tell us just a little bit more about what this is and how this kind of fits into these kind of the career plan for students across these programs? Sure. Yeah. So, um, well, as, as I'm sure everyone's aware of, you know, these programs are intense and, and fully immersive. So um, our thinking behind developing this uh, career development uh, set of resources is that it starts to get you thinking about the important questions prior to starting the program. Um, and so for the executive MBA, there's a series of activities and trainings and videos that we encourage you to take part in. Um, you can sort of do it at your leisure, but you know, the expectation and hope is that you've, you've, you've done some of that homework before you start the program. So we can really, you know, maximize our time once you join the executive MBA program um, to start, you know, to start really doing the next level of career development. Um, and for the part-time MBA program, similarly, there's going to be content and um, specific tools that we want you to start thinking about really related to self-assessment and understanding your purpose. And um, that word will become important to you. We use that repeatedly, but um, in advance of starting that program. So the idea is hopefully you have a little bit more flex time prior to beginning the program. So we want to release those. You can do them at your own pace um, and they are self-directed. And so one of the things that the executive MBA students have talked a lot about, one of the courses they take, and I'm sure the case will be the same for the part-time MBA students, executive MBA students always talk about the professional advancement course, which the mm -hmm. career team led last year and will be leading again for executive MBA students. This course is in quarter, quarter one, right up front for part-time MBA students. It's about a year into the program during the summer uh, of their first year uh, as, as part-time MBA students. Um, professional advancement course is a 
time and a space, I think, for students to ask a lot of big questions about themselves and, and their next steps. How do you think about this course and how do you see it fitting in to the career journey for students? Well, I, I think it's really important that, you know, it, it, it comes at that time, which is, um, you know, early on in the program for executive MBAs to help them uh, hopefully you know, they've already started thinking about the important questions about what their what their career goals and aims are. But it's taking it a little bit step deeper and, and um, there's more time carved away for it. Um, there's more opportunity for reflection. Um, and I think that's incredibly valuable as it sets you up nicely for the, for the next year and a half of the executive MBA program to kind of follow through and start thinking about, okay, here's, here's what I intended to do and here's what sort of I made a commitment to in terms of my career goals and spending the next year and a half sort of seeing that through um, and, and also gaining some very critical tools. Um, you know, we haven't talked about sort of making sure your presence and marketing collateral are, are, are sort of ready to go, um, you know, as well as um, things like networking, which, you know, we spend a lot of time working with students on and ensuring that they're leveraging their network and really accelerating the networking process because that's such a critical part of this whole, um, obviously, career career journey as well. Yeah, there's something nice about PAC being credit bearing for students, yeah. right? It gives you the space um, to really engage with your career and through these next steps and to earn credit for, for yeah. that. I think for working professional students, it can be really hard to find that time at mm -hmm. times. It's like having another class essentially. And when you're really, when you're really kind of challenged in terms of prioritizing things, uh, these kind of career questions maybe get pushed to the side because they don't have the same kind of accountability as the credit bearing activities you're engaged with or work or other personal commitments, uh, but they're also important. And so there's something I think important for students in terms of making uh, this course credit bearing and giving them space in the curriculum to engage with these questions. Agreed. And, and, you know, it, it, um, I think it came out of some feedback from students for, you know, from, from years past as well, that we really want to not just shoehorn career courses and workshops around this, but really want to make, as I said before, dedicated time and space uh, for, for students to, to, to really work through these. Um, one of the great values that I heard that students really appreciate beyond the curriculum that they got was, you know, the opportunity to, to, to network with their own classmates and to learn from their professional experiences. And um, you can imagine this happens in bits and pieces through, through other academic courses, but I think PAC specifically um, is really there to help ensure that there's a lot of peer-based learning yeah, there's a lot of important connections around common career aspiration or interest, or maybe your target company, one yeah. of your classmates works for that company. So it's a great place to start that networking. It feels like networking is important for all MBA students in terms of their career search. I think one of the things that we talk with prospective students a lot about, they hear this word recruiting and they think, oh, well, that's like a sh the shiny thing that you might sort of just naturally gravitate towards because it's maybe feels a little bit more structured. But even as part of recruiting, networking is a huge component of that in terms of getting to know a company, building relationships and getting known beyond your resume in the company. Can you talk a little bit more about how important networking is for, for students navigating a career transition? Absolutely. I mean, for me, this is one of the key pillars of um, any recruitment process, any job search strategy. Um, and to your point, Brett, you know, it is not... 
uh, necessarily, you know, the, the idea is it's not necessarily done in a sort of structured on-campus recruitment recruiting fashion. In fact, I would argue that you're you're basically should be networking across your time um, through any interaction and certainly through the program. And if there's one piece of advice I could give students prior to starting the program is actually make sure you're activating your network already, you know, people you know, both professionally and personally. Um, but yes, the network is going to be helpful to you. And we've found the executive MBAs particularly, you know, with, with with more seniority and years experience, um, you know, typically you're going to probably find your next role, whether within your company or beyond, through active and intentional networking. And, um, you know, we're here as, as career coaches and, and the career center to kind of support you in that activity. Um, and, and, and again, we'll, there'll be plenty of practice across your time. Well, before we talk timelines for executive MBA and part-time MBA students in terms of support resources, I want to take just a moment out to talk about a course that I think is called PAC-2, the Professional Mm -hmm. Advancement Course 2. So we just talked about, I guess, what is now known as PAC-1, maybe, or uh, the first uh, professional advancement course you would take in the program. Uh, But PAC-2 is a new addition Mm -hmm. to the elective lineup uh, in our executive MBA program. Tell us a little bit more about this course. Yeah, so this is an extension or continuation of PAC-1, as you said, but it's actually the first time we're offering, it's also a credit-bearing elective, but it is a required uh, elective, actually, um, to the executive MBA population. And what's great is it's very versatile. So it offers nine modules, but it allows students to choose two or three, as many of the, as they want, but they, they, they need to take two as part of their credits um, of a suite of nine modules. And some of that, you know, one of them is entrepreneurship. Um, one of that is negotiations. Another is interviewing. So it meets students where they are, which I love. It really, you know, I think gets at this idea that students could be in a variety of different paths at this point of their time and duration of the program. So rather than say, here, everyone needs to follow the set curriculum, we're saying, here are some modules that are going to support you. Um, if you're intent on building your own venture, right, follow the entrepreneurship track. Um, which will be guided by our Batten Institute um, experts. Um, or if you feel like you're at a point where you need more in-depth, uh, I would say, experienced leadership coaching, there are opportunities to take uh, sessions with leadership coaches as well. Um, or if you decided, look, I am well on my way to thinking about my next career switch, and I just need to brush up on my interviewing skills, there's, again, a module for, for you on that. So really um, excited about what lies ahead. It's just literally launching this week as we speak and will take place across the next few months. And um, of course, we're, we're eager for student feedback and we'll continue to evolve that. But I think it's going to be a really important part of that ex- of the executive MBA experience. All right. Well, we've already started to talk a little bit more about resources for uh, executive MBA, part-time MBA students. Um, but I want to talk about sort of timeline. So we mentioned CDY typically launches in the summer prior to the start of school. There's also a career kickoff meeting that is oftentimes open uh, to executive MBA students prior to matriculation. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take us from like summer through the first year, the sort of vision for executive MBA students, and then we'll kind of move into the second year and talk a little bit more about recruiting and, and some of those other things that might kick in in the second year? 
Okay, an executive MBA specifically, did you say? That's right. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so um, I, th- I think you started going there and um, we talked about the CDY that's sort of setting you up for t- to, to think through some of the important questions and begin the reflection opportunity. Um, it is then solidified uh, usually with a one-on-one conversation, an onboarding and welcoming conversation led by one of our career coaches, really just to make sure we, we, we learn to, to get to know you better and, and you learn more about us and our team. Um, and then, yes, it's followed soon after with the first residency, where we hope to introduce you in person to our team down in Charlottesville, and um, then followed up by PAC-1, which we just spent time talking about, which then leads us to you know, a series of other leadership sort of workshops and interaction and engagement points across the winter and early spring. Um, one of the things we haven't touched upon, but we partner with our uh, career advisors and industry sector specialists that are based in Charlottesville and have them join us for certain residencies so students can get exposed to different industries and, and learn more about, you know, what is life like in the consulting industry if they're not familiar with it or, um, you know, learn more about what, um, what, what, what opportunities lie in finance, for example. So, so those workshops and events take place across those residencies. Um, and we have ones that are dedicated specifically to marketing collateral, for example, like Resumania or LinkedIn reviews, where we're really trying to focus on some of the essentials and fundamentals of a career search strategy. Um, and it then closes out with EL, uh, sorry, experiential learning or PAC2, um, which we just talked about. Um, and that brings us then to the second year of the executive MBA program, which um, I think it takes two forms, one of which might be an individual who decides that they want to tap into the on-grounds recruitment process that Darden offers, um, so uh, some of which is, is aligned with full-time MBA recruitment in the fall. That would be specifically often consulting, um, but can touch upon other industries. Um, and then others fo- follow a more individual kind of job search strategy, which, again, we support whether it's looking for opportunities within their own firm or starting to look elsewhere. And that's often through one-on-one career coaching that um, that really, you know, we emphasize across the second year of the program. Um, and the last thing I would mention that is, is part of this experience, I think, in the second year that's, that's really rewarding is opportunities to actually engage with executives. And so um, one of the features of the second year um, for executive MBA is something called executive in residence where students get a chance to interact and um, really learn from leaders in the industry, alumni leaders. Um, So senior executives, uh, C-suite executives, where we set them up for conversations um, with these individuals um, in the springtime. So um, all that to say, it's it's sort of a robust set of resources and events um, throughout those two years. Yeah, lot, lots going on. Um, one of the things that hopefully our listeners are picking up on as you've talked is that for executive MBA students, I think this is generally true uh, for students here at Darden, there's support for a lot of different kinds of career aspirations. I think oftentimes when we engage with prospective students looking at the executive MBA program, they wonder, are there resources for people who want to switch function, switch industry? Does that happen in the executive MBA program? You want to talk a little bit more about that, Gopika? Because I feel like that's got to be on some of our listeners' minds. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we realize that people are coming to the program with different expectations, as I mentioned before. Some are, you know, love, love the work they're doing, perhaps, you know, love the organization and are just looking for opportunities to gain more responsibilities. And so we're absolutely there to help support and guide that and, and to think about how you um, manage that process across your time. Um, others come to us, as I mentioned before, maybe with an entrepreneurial venture. And there's, again, the number of resources we talked about where we try to ensure that they're set up with those key resources to be thinking through that or how do you have a business, how do you grow and develop it. Um, but absolutely, each year, I feel that it might even be growing. There's a good number of students who decided that they want to take a different career path. They you know, sat in, in a class and something sparked their attention or perhaps they read a case and became more interested in the area of technology, for example, or decided, they, you know, fundamentally want to switch paths completely and, and, and move into to a different space. Um, and, you know, we try to support that uh, process through a couple of different ways, one of which is trying to educate uh, students and inform them on, on what those industries look like, speaking with experts in the area. Again, really important is networking here and, and putting them in contact with, with alumni and other uh, individuals who are sort of very knowledgeable about the space. Um, and then, you know, supporting how they think about their transferable skills and marketing themselves for those types of opportunities, how to tell their story such that they have success in the recruitment process. Um, so we've, you know, we're absolutely there for that, for that journey too. Yeah. One of the things that I've heard from the career team as we've had this conversation for switchers, and I think that's been a growing number of students in our executive MBA program in recent years. Um, it changes every class, the exact breakdown between what we call climbers, students who want to move up within their company, uh, students who want to switch function and or industry, the switcher category that we're talking about here, uh, entrepreneurs, people who want to launch their own venture. But also, uh, it's fair to say that, as you note, students are probably in a few of these buckets as mm -hmm. they move through the program, kind of exploring different different options. But I want to stick with the switchers here for a second, because I, I do feel like we get a lot of questions from prospective students on this. Um, one of the things I've heard from the career team, as we've talked about this, is that the bigger the change uh, that you want to make, the more time it's mm -hmm. likely going to take. Because not only do you have to do all of that important networking, information gathering, meeting people, kind of doing your research, understanding the market, and also evaluating your transferable skills, but it also takes a while to repackage yourself and figure out your new story. Uh, would you, Would you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. I uh, you know, it, it, and I know some individuals sometimes want to make changes across more than one dimension, so function and potentially industry. And 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 yes, those are significant um, pivots to be making at any point in one's career. But certainly, if you're you know that much more experienced, um, so I think one needs to be patient and thoughtful about how to approach that. Um, now, if you're committed to it and you're you're available and willing to put in the hours and the dedication to networking, to doing all the company research, uh, to making sure you're well-versed on the industry trends. Um, and then, you know, preparing yourself for the interview process, which in some cases can be very, very intense. Um, then absolutely, you know, that, that sure, sure you'll have great success. Um, but it does take uh, a certain level of commitment and time. And I would agree with you. Sometimes it's done across the program or dur during the duration of the program. Other time we see executive MBAs making those career pivots, you know, post-graduation. All right. And one more question around this idea of switching. I want to talk about recruiting a little bit more, which what you refer to as on-grounds recruiting, which feels like 
sometimes this has happened in, in person in the past. Increasingly, though, it feels like this is maybe a little bit more virtual these days. Is is that where things are right now with companies in terms of recruiting students? What was called on-grounds recruiting is now more of a virtual enterprise? Yeah, I think it's going to be hybrid probably moving forward. I think there will be some companies that do indeed want to largely do it in person. But, of course, I think virtual is continues to be present and, and will probably continue to stay and be part of the mix. And so I think what we're seeing is companies perhaps wanting to do a mix of both um, and maybe do some events initially virtually and so they can open it up to larger audiences. And then over time, maybe in particularly towards, you know, uh, later stages of the recruitment process, wanting to, to have that in-person um, experience or engagement. And we get a lot of questions uh, about recruiting because, again, I think it's the thing like, if you're, if you're a student, you've maybe heard a lot about it from friends or colleagues that have done other MBA programs, maybe full-time MBA programs. So there's a lot of curiosity about it. Can you say a little bit more about who recruiting might be a good fit for um, in the executive MBA program? Because I think we found that talking with some of the career coaches for the years, there's some nuance here and some, yeah. some things for students to think about. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to, to, to keep in mind that most corporate sort of on-grounds recruitment is really geared towards full-time or residential MBAs. And, um, you know, in part that starts with them seeking interns uh, for the summer between first and second year of a, of a, of a full-time MBA program, which often converts into full-time employment. Um, where the professional degree programs, um, I guess, intersect in terms of the on-grounds recruitment process is for graduating you know, second-year residential MBAs and specifically companies who are seeking out more experience and seasoned talent. And so they're talking to us at Darden saying, look, you know, we'd love to come meet some of your executive MBAs and, 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 and exchange with them, uh, interact with them, evaluate them, et cetera. Um, and so that can happen through, you know, um, either through events that take place, virtual, as you mentioned, um, through interview, um, I guess, panels that they have, happen or interview fairs, I should say, that take place each year where executive MBAs are welcome to sort of uh, apply and drop their resumes. I would say the industries that are probably most relevant um, for on-grounds recruitment would be consulting and some, some parts of the banking industry. Um, uh, and um, I would encourage anyone who's decided that that's those two sectors of interest, you know, to be reaching out to our career coaches early on in their experience so we can help guide them and give them advice because there is a lot of preparation needed to be done to take part in, in both of those or certainly just in general, the on-grounds recruitment process. All right. Well, thank you for talking through the executive MBA timeline. Let's talk a little bit more about the timeline for part-time MBA students. Now, we're recruiting the inaugural cohort of students. They're going to start in August. So I recognize that some of what you're likely to share may still be in development and you yeah. may still be fleshing out the story. But right now, you know, with where we sit, May of 2022, what's the current thinking around sort of the pacing of resources and the timeline for part-time MBA students? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think what we're thinking of is, is obviously this is a multi-year journey or experience. Um, and probably the first year will be a lot about grounding oneself in self-reflection and assessment. And um, I think learning more about what, you know, individual wants to achieve across their time at Darden and, and, and in general with their career path. Um, and so we're going to have a series of activities and workshops um, that will ultimately 
conclude with, with a version of PAC, we believe that end of that first year, um, that will help set you up for that. The second year I see as one where there's a lot more tactical support, thinking about, okay, you've defined kind of the areas you're looking at or the goals you want to achieve. How do we put a plan together for you to, to work through that? Um, and that will include making sure that, again, your presence, your, your marketing collateral, your, your what I refer to as marketing collateral, but resumes and, and, and LinkedIn presence and social media presence, et cetera, is ready to go. Um, and then entering the third uh, and final year of the program, starting to tap into the recruitment pipelines that we were talking about before, recruitment opportunities, and preparing yourself potentially to make a change. We know that some part-time MBA students may not make a change, and that's absolutely fine. We're here to support you in, in thinking through about opportunities for advancement within your own company or organization. Others may be making a change, and that would probably be, you know, the end of your second year, beginning of, of the third year would probably be the time for that. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we've heard from some students that have a real interest in just having time and resources to kind of mm -hmm. explore these questions, to ask these questions, to engage in that self-reflection, to think about what's to come uh, for them and in, in their careers, that there's, there's something nice about having maybe a little bit more time uh, to ah. think through these things. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, that, that's the beauty of having a, a longer program, I would say. That said, and I want to make that clear, you know, that the career coaches will be here um, for students uh, at any point. So if you're, you have a sudden change in your job, or you realize, gosh, I need to make a quick switch or, or whatever it might be, you know, clearly the career, the career coaches are there to, to quickly pivot and support you in, in whatever you need. Uh, but in general, that's how we're thinking about the program uh, and the structure of the services across those, that, that duration. Yeah, I appreciate that last point, because I, I do think we've had some exec students that have made changes uh, mm -hmm. during the program. And it feels like I was just talking to one, the vice president for careers, the executive student association, Amy Egley, on the podcast. And she was talking about in her class, the executive MBA class of 2023, it feels like there's actually been a number of students who've already made career transitions. Yeah. Every class is a little bit different on that. But yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised given how hot the job market feels right now for, for folks. Um, just feels like maybe there's a fair amount of opportunity out there. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that was part of the timeline for some of our working professional students. That's right. That's right. And, you know, we'll obviously customize um, to work with individual students as needed because they may need to accelerate the whole career search process. And that's fine. You know, that's, we can absolutely do that in, in a one-on-one -on -one basis as well. Well, Gopika, I appreciate your answering all these questions about timelines and, and resources. I do want to give a little bit of airtime here for just advice. You know, we have perhaps incoming part-time, incoming executive MBA students listening to this podcast and trying to organize things in their mind as they get ready to, to start up on their, on their journey here at the Darden School. What would you encourage them to think about, you know, prior to matriculation and maybe even as, as they navigate uh, their time here with respect to their career goals? Well, I think it won't be a, a surprise, as I mentioned earlier, that um, prioritization is going to be probably one of the biggest skills you will hone and, and, and harness across your time. Um, to the extent you can start giving thought already to, you know, what are your what are your goals um, for the program and, and specifically what are your professional uh, goals across your time? 
um, I think would, would be really helpful. Um, so starting to do some of that thinking, even, even before you start CDY, which would be another um, recommendation I have is, is once you have access to that across the summer, starting to, to spend time there. But I think that self-reflection to be done prior to the program is really important. You know, what do you hope to achieve? What do you want to get out of it, both personally and professionally? Um, and, you know, again, what goals do you want to set yourself professionally, at least in the short term? And we know they'll change, but I think starting that, that thinking is really important. Two, I would say is, and I referred to this earlier, but start tapping into, if you haven't recently, your network. Um, you know, start thinking about who's part of that, you know, who should you be reaching out to make sure that that relationship's strong and, and share with them the great news that you're about to embark on this great program. Um, but, but I think that piece is, is really helpful because you will probably want to call upon that network across your time and to be constantly serving it. I feel like it, someone once referred to networking as a garden that you need to constantly tend. And I do think that's an important piece of it. Um, so those would probably be my, my key next steps or key, uh, I guess, points of, of recommendation. I really appreciate your point about prioritization because when we talk with prospective students, about career resources and outcomes. What we talk about is potential. There's so many resources, there's so much that's possible, but to actualize that potential, you have to be willing to prioritize your career process. You have to be willing to carve out the time to put in the effort uh, mm -hmm. to make the transition uh, because it probably makes intuitive sense to our listeners. Okay, so you're at an MBA program, great. Uh, it's going to open up all kinds of opportunities for you, uh, but you're also applying to jobs with other MBA candidates. Yeah. So how do you stand out in this process, right? Mm -hmm. It takes legwork. It, it takes elbow grease. You got to do all the networking. You got to mm -hmm. put in the time. You got to put in the effort. And that comes down to prioritization. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like with anything, and certainly I, I, my, my big piece of advice from the careers front is, you know, engage with us. Um, we're here for you. We're available. We want to support you. There are a lot of very experienced and talented people on the Career Center team. Um, but like with any endeavor, the more effort you put into it, the more you're going to get out. So if you attend workshops, if you make sure you're setting up time with a career coach, if you're having those conversations, if you're taking the self-assessments, if you're really doing that work, and it, and it does take time, but you need to carve it out. Uh, you know, I, I, I promise you, you will find it much more fulfilling, rewarding, ultimately, and certainly hopefully see even you know, greater advances uh, across your career uh, experience as well. In many ways, that's the story of Darden generally. You think about uh, the case method, what you get out of class, the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of those discussions. And um, I, I love that point. Um, more general, uh, our listeners out here who may just be getting their research or thinking about one of our working professional programs, uh, what would you encourage them to think about uh, as they continue to evaluate, um, does an MBA program make sense for me? Is now the right time? These kinds of questions. I would say talking to people would be really important. Talk to people in your own organization and alumni, certainly of, uh, of Darden specifically, um, to hear their stories. And I'm sure, you know, we'd be always happy to put you in touch with alumni and, and uh, connect you with current students. But I think hearing their experience, understanding why they've decided to pursue one, what their value and experience has been like is a really important part of it. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I think really benefit them in terms of preparing their application as well. I, that's also a really important point because I think a lot of the things that prospective students are wrestling with, surprise, surprise, other 
people have also wrestled with. You know, our current mm-hmm. students went through all of these same questions. Yeah. Is now the right time? Is this the right step? What do I want to do post MBA? I mean, everybody kind of has to think through uh, these things. And I think it becomes pretty empowering uh, for students to realize, okay, so maybe you thought about this for a few years. So has everybody else. Maybe yeah. you've really struggled with this timing question. Well, so has everybody else, and there's no perfect time. I mean, um, I think that is one of the things that's really great uh, about, you know, hosting you know, a podcast and having conversations with students and just even be able to make those individual connections uh, for prospective students. You know, just the, the empowerment that comes with hearing that sort of that resonance uh, when someone else tells their story of like, this is my background. I wasn't sure I could even do this. And here I am. I'm in quarter, you know, quarter whatever. And I'm, you know, working towards this. I'm learning. I'm growing, and you can do it too. So, um, yes. what are you look, what are you looking forward to, Gopita, in the in the months ahead? I'm sure a lot on your plate right now. <laughs> yes, but I'm looking forward. Well, first and foremost, for onboarding the next class. Um, well, I should say first. Obviously, our, our class is about to graduate, so that's been uh, we had an important time to celebrate this most recently with the second residence in Charlottesville. Um, but I'm very excited about the incoming class. Um, and really helping them on board and, and welcoming them. I am excited about some of the additions and enhancements um, we're going to be proposing for the program across the next year. Um, and, and I just continue to enjoy all my interactions with, with students um, and hearing back to your our point just earlier, their stories, um, learning more about how we can support them. So, Yeah, that, that is um, one of the great things about this time of year. Right. So you get to be present while students graduate and maybe hit important milestones. I'm thinking about our executive MBA class of 2023 uh, that who are approaching their their mid-year program celebration. Can it really be that they're already at the halfway point? I mean, in June, uh, they'll, they'll get there. We'll have a big celebration for them. Yeah. But also a couple months later, uh, we'll welcome a brand new a brand new class of executive MBA students and also a historic moment for the Darden School, the first cohort of part-time MBA students and another MSBA cohort as well. So mm-hmm. a lot, lot uh, happening uh, during these summer months. Well, Gopika, thank you so much for your time today. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so glad we could host this conversation. I think this is a good level set for anybody who's trying to learn a little bit more about the career resources and, and the career story here at the, at the Darden School for our well, working professional students. Thank you, Brad. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. I enjoyed our conversation. I look forward to hopefully listening to meeting some of our listeners at some point across the next few months or across the next year. And that was my interview with Gopika Spanley, Managing Director for the Professional Degree Programs with the Career Center here at the Darden School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.